0: Well, the the theme of the shepherd shows up a lot today in the Bible readings, and of course it's also echoed in the music, it was in the hymn that we just sang, and in the psalm, Psalm 23, the 23rd psalm, that if people have never heard of any other psalm, they've heard of that one. So it is definitely something for us to think about and pray about today. And the the readings start with Acts of the Apostles, because for us, we're still living in the Easter season. And for for them, 2,000 years ago, they were living the first Easter season. And now, there are a couple of things that I want to point out to you in connection with my thoughts on... Today's reading. Um, I, I used to have this buddy who, um, we'll call him Marty. And we, you know, English people, you know, literature, English teachers, people, um, sometimes feel obligated to write the great American novel, and not me. Don't worry, don't worry about it. I wrote a poem once, that was enough. Um, but this friend of mine wrote a novel, and the hardest thing to do in the world of teaching English is get a friend to read the junk that you write <laughs> and give you an honest opinion about it. So he gave it to me, and I was reading it, and he's, he's standing there saying, it's really good, isn't it? I, I got just the right touch, just the right tone. It's really great, isn't it, Bruce? And I said, you know, when when somebody is nice enough to read your stuff, that's not how you behave. You don't stand there and tell them how great it is for so that they can tell that to you. It's not done. So he says, oh, I don't need any false humility. <laughs> and I said... No, you need some real humility. <laughs> and that that episode happened long ago, but it has never left my mind in terms of an example of think about who you are and how you treat other people and why all of those things. Why is that who you are and how you treat other people? So in the... First lesson today from Acts, Peter is in Joppa, and that's a a city. Now, I have not been to the Holy Land, but it's still there, actually. The city of Joppa is still there. Some people know about that. I've I've read about it. Um, And a lady has passed away, and her name is Tabitha or Dorcas, and I was reflecting earlier today on there aren't many Dorcases around anymore, and sure enough, somebody present in the morning service knew a Dorcas. Uh. Ah. Oh, well, shut my mouth. (laughs) Now, Tabitha, of course, we all know a Tabitha from Bewitched, Uh, So, but the part of her importance is when you read books about church history, especially the first generation of apostles and the importance of those of them who were women, she is always one of the main characters involved because she supported, she gave moral and financial support to the apostles. Uh, and the Act's reading tells us why. She apparently was a great seamstress whose work was very respected and admired. And so she is a person of importance in the among the apostles, the disciples. So St. Peter asks everyone to leave the room, and then he prays. and we were talking in Bible study. Uh, at least a little bit about why does he ask everybody to leave the room and you will figure that out for yourself I, uh, I, I have a theory or two but the point is stories like these these great events that happen are to stay with us we are to bathe ourselves in these great events and the writers who tell us about them inspired by God and so He raises her from the dead and of course that is tremendously important because this still being the Easter experience it's a reminder to everybody about Jesus's being raised from the dead and it's also hearkening back to Lazarus being raised from the dead by Jesus they were buddies they were friends and so We are meant, the people there in Joppa 2,000 years ago, as much as us today, are meant to think about that. To think about what eternal life means. What it means when Jesus has conquered the barrier of death. When it is no longer simply the end of everything. So we are to start thinking about that. We're thinking about it now. We go to the reading from Revelation, which it does dismay me when people act as if the book of Revelation were some kind of secret code with secret jokes in it that we are not capable of understanding. All of that is rubbish. Of course, we know who wrote it and when and why. The Roman emperor, the Roman government were persecuting the church, and so the writers, especially the writer of Revelation, had to figure out a way to get the message out there that this persecution will end. It may be dramatic and violent. Turned out, I think it was, what, the plumbing, lead plumbing that killed the Roman Empire? (laughs) Or copper plumbing? No, we still have copper plumbing. It was the lead plumbing that killed them. I, I read a book about it one time, but... I don't remember exactly. Um, So they had to communicate hope to one another. So they wrote down things like this, thousands of characters, thousands of beautiful, magical beings dancing around and singing, giving glory to God. And this is the famous 144,000 that you've heard of. And of course... That number is not meant to serve any literal purpose whatsoever. It says here very clearly more than anyone could count. That is clearly the message of it's a huge we we would call it bazillions. Right. I said that last time, didn't I? Um, but it's the twelve tribes of Israel, the twelve apostles, twelve squared. Times a bazillion is 144,000. That's what that number means, pure and simple. And so it's meant to communicate a large group of living beings communicating glory to God and sharing their happiness in that. So we come to the gospel where people are asking Jesus, are you the Messiah or not? And he's saying that should be perfectly clear by now from the things that I've been doing. And the the thing is, there's a, there's a footnote here for us to think about works, the things that people do. He says, the works that I do should have convinced you by now, including, by the way, raising people from the dead, his pal Lazarus. And the word works or the expression the works that people do comes up several times in today's bible readings and that always makes me glad because when when i first started learning the difference among christian denominations somebody gave me the idea that we were supposed to disagree on whether works have any value blah blah salvation by faith alone yes absolutely salvation is by faith alone but all the denominations well most of the major denominations agreed years ago that yes salvation is by faith alone but you just naturally therefore do good things to show that you love god and therefore you love his people the people that he made so these readings tell us very clearly where it dorcas tabitha is one of the people who it says in the readings today she did many good works supporting the ministry the way as it was originally known so he talks about being the shepherd he says my my sheep know my voice and so this always makes me think Jesus is explaining very clearly who he is and it's it's like the biggest billboard ever for us to read he says the father and I are one that is the bottom line he is explaining His divinity, God the Father is his Father, Jesus is the Son, and at other times, he's going to tell us he's going to send the Counselor, the Holy Spirit. So we learn about the three persons of the Trinity, the unity of God. So... He's, he's explaining clearly who he is, and it's important for us not just to know who he is, but what impact that has on your life. There, there was a, a guy that I, I worked with um, who was well accomplished. He had many accomplishments in the professorial rung of evolution. And a mutual friend invited us to his house pre-COVID for Thanksgiving dinner. And I sat across the table from, we'll call him Clyde, because I already used the name Marty. So we'll call this one Clyde. I sat across the table, Thanksgiving table, from Clyde and his wife. And being a polite person, I remembered my dinner manners. You're, You're supposed to ask questions about the people that you're visiting with. To learn about them so that you can appreciate them better and make them feel appreciated. So I learned about Clyde and his wife, Clydette. And I I learned about what books they were reading, what books they were writing, what summer camp their children were going to, who does their taxes. I I learned a lot of stuff about these two people. You know what they learned about me? Nothing. Nothing not one single thing because they didn't ask me anything now it's perfectly obvious to all of us that it it's like ping pong you you trade questions and stories and answers you get to know each other i got to know lots about them they and they to this day they do not know anything about me absolutely nothing because they never asked me and so That is, to me, part of the Christian identity. I know who Jesus is because he says so in the gospel today. So my point is, what does that have to do with me? If I want to be his follower, I must imitate him, and his identity informs my identity. So that means I care about you. I even cared about Clyde and Clydette during that dinner, I thought. I ask them questions about their experiences. Don't be Clyde. That is my advice to you as a Christian pastor today. Don't be Clyde. Don't be the one who is not even mildly interested in other people as to never ask them any questions. Because it's wonderful when you talk with people instead of at them or around them. You learn things about people, and that in turn raises your Christian empathy and your spiritual goodness.